Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm matt moderno jihadi white will be joining you in a second i just want to get our ad reads out of the way as usual and give a little intro uh first of all just not the best week in wizards basketball on a little bit of a skid here they fall into 12th in the standings not ideal so maybe some bounce backs coming up we'll get into all that but if you need to drown your sorrows as always look into the official drink of the believe in wizards podcast that's stateside vodka and their surfside hard iced teas hard lemonade hard Arnold Palmer's, which I guess is a John Daly, right? So those kinds of things, all delicious, a ton of flavors. Those guys do an awesome job and we appreciate their sponsorship. Uh, also shout out to District of Collectors. Uh, they're doing a live event on Saturday before the Wizards-Kings uh, game. So check them out. If you're into Top Shot or things like that, go to DC Top Shot on Twitter, find all their info there. Those guys are awesome and just appreciate all the cool stuff that they're doing to try to build a little additional Wizards community. So shout out to that. It's what we like to try to do here. So uh, always love seeing those kind of group get-togethers and team outings and stuff like that as uh, Wizards fans. So kudos to them. And as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, with that out of the way, let's bring on Jihadi. All right, everybody, I'd like to welcome in Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? Matt, my man, what's going on? It's Life a huge, good? It's a huge basketball week. I'm excited as a nerd. I am so, so stoked for this particular week. I am off work Thursday and Friday, so I will watch so much basketball. It's sickening. Yes, yeah, so as the furthest thing from a nerd, I'm just excited as you are. <laughs> there you go. At the end of the day, we're we're all just basketball people here, so it's um you can't beat this time of year. The Wizards, unfortunately, have not been playing their best basketball lately since we last recorded. Uh, exactly as you said they would. They struggled to beat the Pistons G League team, essentially. They won 119 to 117, and it took a Daniel Gafford tip-in at the buzzer, basically, to win them that game. Uh, it's almost like you know what you're talking about, partner, that uh, you you basically predicted exactly what would happen minute for minute in that game. Well, I know a little something, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, that was just a hard game to play, yeah. right? Um, the thing is, no matter... Uh, how much as a coach you almost have to approach that game like a championship game because if not you're going to be in tough game it's uh when when you're playing against teams like detroit with a lot of injuries mm-hmm. there's so many players that's that's don't have a lot of information on the scout report about mm-hmm. right i mean you know the players you've seen them play but in the nba setting you don't have a lot of information on the scout report about mm-hmm. The players, it's hard for them to 
get up for a game like a very competitive team where, where you you know they really had to pull themselves together and say bring themselves together and and bring out some camaraderie to camaraderie to win the game. Hmm. So it's just a tough game. So yeah, you go walk in there and I didn't I now I did I expect it to be this way. But um that, we that have to win close. buzzer beater. No. But you know it's I wasn't surprised. I thought it'd be like an eight point win where they kind of pulled away late. They were never like right. in, in you know, lose the game, but it was a lot closer than it should be. Uh, Listen, they played- just because guys are not playing. Listen, in the end of the day, hey, the people who get paid the most and some people who, who get the opportunity mm-hmm. play the game. Yeah. But it's the NBA. Mm-hmm. People can ball. People yeah. on those benches are not getting time or that's making a team. The players know in practice, hey, man, this dude can ball. He's just not playing. They get it, those opportunities. That's the last guy you want to see. <laughs> yeah. You know, after you're hungry. playing at least, what, 60 games. And yeah. Usually younger guys with fresh legs, too. And now you got to chase their ass around all night. Man, tell me about it. Yeah. They, uh, they have those guys to look forward to again tonight. They'll be playing the Pistons. Uh, does it help that this one's at home? Does that make it any easier? Do you get any extra edge from that? It, this game won't be the same as last game. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, I always say, like, when you when you play a team a second time, you make adjustments. Whoever the team usually that wins to make adjustments, and the team, whoever the team that usually loses make adjustments, and the team that wins mm-hmm. really don't make many adjustments. But in this case, that was a game we should have blown them out, and we didn't. So I know Wes, Wes uh, Unsell Jr. is going to really make a lot of adjustments this game. And then now also the player is going to be up for this game because they know what position they could be in. Right. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, we said last time they've all kind of become must wins, but this one is the one where you got to right the ship or uh, you've dropped into the 12th seed already. Like if you lose this one, you know, it's going to get tough the rest of the way. Uh, they will be without Kyle Kuzma tonight. That knee was clearly bothering what? him in that Philly game. Yeah, um, yeah. He's uh, they're calling it right knee soreness, and I think um, it's, it's it might be the right move at this point because he did not look like the same player uh, we've seen in the last um, last couple months. Yeah. You know, especially in that Philly game. Yeah, yeah. He he did seem kind of off in that Philly game somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, we talked about injured versus hurt the last time. I appreciate guys trying to gut it out. But there does there definitely becomes a certain point where, like, you're almost hurting the team um, if if you're not going to be uh, to your usual level, but also still still having the same usage rate and things like that. Like, he was kind of chucking and half running back. Like, it's stuff we hadn't really seen from him as much um, this year, especially on the defensive end. True, true, but you can't make a statement like, well, first of all, so I, yes, but I think he's still effective at 70%, right, yeah, in comparison to, to you know, some other guys that can play, right? Um, even in the 76ers game, I felt like Kuzma could have, we, we could have actually went to him more, right? Mm-hmm. He could have gave us a lot more. He still didn't look that bad. I mean, yeah, no sure. one looked great. But he he didn't look he didn't look that bad. I, I think we could have deferred to him a little bit more. Um, one thing about Kuzma, he can score in a lot of different ways, right? He can get downhill. He can 
He can shoot. You know, sometimes he does for a shot. You know, he, he loves hunting for a shot. But that really in that 76ers game, I feel that no matter what, we were just off. We were just yeah. off. It wasn't a guy we can really go to and can change it. We kind of st- we stayed in it for. A- I was surprised that we stayed, you know, within ten points most mm-hmm. of the game because uh, we just we, that wasn't a very that was a pretty slop- sloppy game for us. I, I don't know that but there was any of their. Individual... I do feel like if we could have deferred to cooling, we could have got more. Yeah, I, I I'm don't disagree there. I don't think it was any of their individual worst games, but I thought it was the worst collective game that Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma have played together this year. They all just looked not themselves, and you can't have all three guys not be on their A game and expect to beat another, you know, playoff team. Were we not on our A game, or did they blow up everything we usually do at first half, first quarter? Both, in my opinion. (laughs) Because they denied Kuzma the ball all day. Yeah. And once they denied Kuzma the ball, which is what we're used to doing, I mean, they – I think the cat is out the bag. The cat is out the bag now. Teams are not going to just let Kuzma get 20 the first half, mm-hmm. first quarter. So they denied Kuzma, and now we're kind of looking like, what do we do? Then we started creating a lot of turnovers. Yep. Right? Bill, Bill really wasn't in rhythm yet. So then he said, oh, well, let me be the guy who tried to go to it. So we just end up looking like a, a sloppy team. And that was one of the few times, especially recently, where they haven't been able to establish Porzingis, I think, as much as they would have liked early. I, I don't know if that was something specific that Philly did and or just the Embiid matchup or whatever, but um, that was definitely not what we'd kind of come to expect from well, Porzingis. Well, to, me, it, well, to me, they looked like they was denying the ball. Right. It was mm-hmm. making sure, like, let's make sure, let's deny Kuzma the ball, make sure he doesn't get any catches. Don't let them get in the rhythm to be to be able to get in that normal rhythm with how they play. Right. So now once we denied him and we kept looking for him, he just wasn't open. Mm-hmm. Um, now, guys who usually didn't, you know, usually kind of get everybody else in rhythm the first half. Now we say, well, who else can we get in rhythm? Who else can we get in rhythm? Right, change it. Then that really created a lot of turnovers because what they started doing is playing the passing lanes once they denied Kuzma the ball. Mm-hmm. And so now, before you know it, at the first quarter, what we had a lot. I mean, I don't know how many turnovers we had first quarter. It, it, felt, almost, it felt like a lot. Yeah. At least six. Yeah, it was a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even then, it was still only ten points. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those things where I, I was like, well, either we were, we go on a run or they go on a run here. Like, we'll either get back in this or or they're right. going to blow us wide open. It, it's still like... Right, because they, right, they weren't, they weren't playing very... Uh, they looked sloppy too, so... Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the most beautiful game to watch. A lot of people were excited about the offensive production from Corey Kispert in that game. And I honestly thought that was more a product of what Philly did. It, they were kind of just like saying like, all right, if, if Corey Kispert beats us, like, so be it. And he shot pretty well. He had 25 points. Some of that was in garbage time. But I think they just weren't worried that he'd be able to like, that it'd be scalable enough for him to, you know, to get any more than that and really beat them. To your point, they were double down on on the big three guys. And it was just, you know, the rest of our team can't really pick up that slack, I don't think. True. I would say that. I would say that was a case if Kispert didn't play Kispert has been playing been playing pretty well the last few games two or three games right yeah he's been solid I mean, I, yeah he yeah, shoots shoot the ball well 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what game was it? That not was it uh, Atlanta last game? Atlanta. Yeah, the two Atlanta games. I think he, he had ten and one and twelve in the other. Yeah, well, Kisper been playing pretty well the last few games, so I wouldn't say that they were saying let him beat us. I mean, I just he knows how to play ball, and he brings a different energy when he comes out there. I mean, he play, brings a different style of play when he comes out there. He he he's a guy that right now uh, outside of Kuzma, the only guy we have really who can get in the teeth of the defense and attack. Not only that, can can score inside and out, get to the free, get to the line. Which so. To me, I don't think it was a point of saying let Kisper beat us because I mean, it was, it was it looked like it was more of let uh, let not let Porzingis get hot and then we close out on everyone else, right? We really play the passing lanes because, right? We really defend the passing lanes because we're not the best. Um, we kind of we a telegraph team once we pass, so yeah. you know that's what it was, and so I think that strategy just pretty much worked. What I think what we did do is not let them you know, blow out, get those blowout passes they normally do and run down the court and, and finish. We did a good job of defending that. But I think really if if anything kind of was hindered us, it was our defensive scheme. Yeah, I agree. I look, it looked like we were trying to say, hey, let's pack the paint. Mm-hmm. Let's pack the paint and then let's close out on defenders. Let Joel beat us with twos beyond the, the free throw line. And threes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you saw the results of that. Uh, yeah, it was basically the Milwaukee game again, right? Like we we said, like, all right, you know, we're not going to let you get hot, and then they still got hot anyway. Or the you know the their star guys were star guys. It's um that that that's a tough matchup for for anybody, but I think Porzingis especially and uh, Gafford's just been really hit or miss. You talked about him the last time being the guy that needs to step up. Step up. He was good in one. Atlanta game and bad in another. And it just, when he's, when he's that inconsistent, I think that that kills them. Uh, Gafford has to show up for the big games. Mm-hmm. He had to show up for the, when he's playing against big players, especially in his position. And I feel like that's when he doesn't show up. And it puts Pazingas in a bad situation, yep. right? Cause now we need scoring from Pazingas. Mm-hmm. But uh, Pazingas have, has two, two fouls, first quarter three files first quarter you know we can't utilize them right we can't utilize them on the offensive end of scoring because it sits down we we have to get much more out of Gaffer. Mm. um just don't i know he's young but i just don't feel like he's he's giving us all he has or playing up to his potential right and we need somebody in that particular position to be able to give us more rebounds, protect the basket, finish around the rim, like a like a Capella, mm-hmm. right? We need a Capella style player in that position, and he should be that. Yeah, he's got the tools to do it. I mean, it's it's a little bit of fool's gold to me, right? Like when he looks really good, I'm like, okay, like this is an everyday starting center. I feel good about this, and then I, I can't. Maybe it is the bigger matchups, but there are just certain games where he just he's not doesn't seem all there, and I don't really. Fully get it. I, I, I'm, I'm right with you. That's what I see, too. There's games where he's just not engaged or something. I don't know. He's just going through the motions. I yeah. feel like he goes through the motions a lot of games. Right? I'm just here. And whatever I get, I get. You know, like, no, nah, we need you this game. We need you to protect the rim. We need you to dominate. We need you to be 
ready for catches and passes. Mm-hmm. He drops way too many passes. That's right there by the rim. He's not you're in the NBA now. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm it's, with you. it's a little frustrating to watch him sometimes because, like you said, you see him in other games where he's dominating, jumping through the sky, playing lights out, playing like a beast. Yep. So you're like, okay, this guy actually and, – and those games actually don't help him. They more hurt him yeah. because now you say, oh, this is what he really is. The expectations are he higher. He just decided not to give it to us. Yeah. Right. Is it as a former center yourself? Is it more frustrating to watch other centers like that that either don't bring it or or are inconsistent or whatever? Like, or is that the kind of irregardless of position for you? I guess it's definitely frustrating for me. Um, I, I understand mistakes. We all make them. I made mistakes as, as a center myself, but to not be up for a game, to not if I have Giannis. I know what to expect. I'm up for that game. I'm, I live for that type of game. If I have Joel Embiid, I live for that type of game, mm-hmm. right? It to, it's to me, he seems like he backs away from those big challenges, yeah. right? To, and that's the most frustrating thing, right? Like, if I'm not, how, can, how am I not ready for, for Kuzma dropping it off. I'm not ready for Brad throwing an alley-oop and just hitting the backboard three or four times and me not being in the sky. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. What's I, I up? Watch, I watch especially those Atlanta games. Like, the way the guys move around Trey Young driving, no one ever fills the lane behind Brad for him to drop it off to anybody. Like, Gafford, especially, to your point, should be the one, like, Every time Brad or Kuzma drives, he should get three or four easy lobs a game. Or like when when he played next to Goodwin a good amount, he got a lot more of those. Uh, it doesn't seem to help that Monte, Morris, or Delon Wright aren't really going to like penetrate super deep. But still, off of Brad or Kuzma, you'd think that would create a few freebies for him in every game. He's getting freebies. He's I mean, he just not there in the sky when they throw it up. He's <laughs> not there with his knees bent, with his hands up ready. He's he not he doesn't expect it. Yeah. You know he's not. They they're giving it to you, and then you you know you put your head down. You you take a long time to get back on defense. You have a lot of antics, which you know doesn't help the case. And you so so he's getting them. He's getting small opportunities, and then he's getting it over again, which is surprising. Because back in my day, if I did that once or twice, I'm not seeing the ball anymore. So he's just not. Alert or ready for him? Is that basketball IQ? Can you I mean, teach like, that? Like a like a pet Capella. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Is that basketball IQ, or or can you can you teach that through film study? Like, how do you improve that with players? So, to me, if they're giving it to him in in the game, they're giving it to him in practice, which means he's has shown them that he can. He's there and he's ready. Because think about certain games. You could throw that ball up. He's right there dunking it. You yep. throw, you hand it off. He's right there. Mm-hmm. So it's more, it's Effort. more being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just being there. Yeah, it's mentally being at the game. Just because mm-hmm. you're physically there, don't mean you're mentally there. Yeah, that's true. You gotta sh- show up. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm alert, that means I'm I'm zoned into the game. Right. I know what's happening before it happens. Right. Just like a defensive player, just like I can read 
and if I and if I don't get it, at least I was in position to get it if it happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you take, especially if if it's not like you're taking the ball off the dribble. You only getting he's only getting two pa- type of passes in a game: a dump off or alley oop. Mm-hmm. Not that complicated, right? It's not that complicated. All right, I just want to pivot uh, real quickly to another one of the Wizards' young players that it's just been a little up and down more down than up recently. Unfortunately got Denny Avdia. Uh, this is somebody that after they traded Rui Hachimura, Tommy Shepard took this victory lap of we traded Rui to free up Denny and look how great it's working. And he seemed to be playing with more confidence and he was really attacking the basket and, and all these things um, in his last I don't know, eight games. He had four points and two rebounds last game. He shot 13% overall. The game before that, he had five points, six rebounds, two turnovers, five fouls. Game before that, two points, eight rebounds, which I appreciate the rebounding. Shot 17% from the field. The game before that, seven points, five rebounds, four turnovers, four fouls. Um, One of those Toronto games, he had 17 points and six rebounds, looked very good. The game before it, zero points, one turnover three fouls, only played seven minutes. Most of these games, when you look at his field goal percentage, they're below 30%. I think he's had one game in his last 10 where he's been above 30% from the field. It just seems like it's in his head. The shooting was there for a little bit. Now it's gone away. He stopped attacking the basket. He's fouling a lot more. He started pouting again more. This team leads the league in an amount of time spent pouting and sulking, I feel like, and just... It's really um, hard to figure out with him. Like, what? Which player is he? Is he the guy we saw for three weeks after Rui got traded? Is he this player? Is it somewhere in the middle? Like, how do we get him to be more consistent? Is this a confidence thing? Jahadi, I'm lost. I need you to solve him for me. Uh, like, <laughs> what, what do I what do I make of Denny Avdi at this point? Well, first of all, he's a young player, but. Um, I, I go under the observation of when you are the notion of when you get a new player mm. in, you go, you really don't know what you have until probably after 10 games, okay. right? Because you got the adrenaline going, you got the chance for a new opportunity going. You have have the, the pressure of, hey, I got to prove myself right away, right? When all of those go away, Right. Then now what player do you have? That's when you realize what kind of player do you have. Right. So door opening. New role kind of thing. New role, the door opening. Right. And I get what it, and you're right. They did trade Trey Rue and he didn't and now he he had opportunity to show up. Right. Which means they saw what he did in practice. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you still give him a ten after ten days, you realize what type of player you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Because how does he fit in all the, the rotation offense? How does how does he take bad games? Mm-hmm. Right? Can he bounce back from bad games? So what we're realizing is, you know, sometimes players are a good time Charlie guys. All right? When it's all good, they're good. Mm-hmm. But when things start shaking up and falling apart, how how do they handle it? How do they handle the pressure? How do they maintain? Right now. Then he did have a really good game not too not not too long ago against Toronto, and then you saw the old Denny, and you saw you saw sparks and mm-hmm. and little 
little glimpses of what you know he can do. So he is there. And, and it looked really good the way he played. So it's there. But there's a lot of great players out here in the world, but don't mean they they can handle all the adversity that comes with the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, and or can adjust, right? right? To me, some players need a particular type of game to be a, be effective in. And it's certain certain games that Denny's very effective in. Certain games that, you know, he's just a complete ghost. Is that matchup? Is that how they choose to use him? Is it game plan? Is it all the above? I think it's completely internal. Okay. It's completely internal because, because um, Kisper pretty much faces the same type of situation, right? Yeah. And and their games are not that much different, but Kisper is much much more effective. You know, he 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 makes better adjustments throughout the game to make mm-hmm. sure, like, it's it's the NBA. You have to be effective in some way. Yeah, with his cutting and stuff, he finds ways to be involved, even if he's not. And, and he knows how to play off the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, one of those two guys, they need at a minimum to show up every game, and this team really doesn't have a chance if, unless both of them don't, because just post All Star break, I, I would say of the big three, um, Beal shooting sort of below what we would expect from him. Kuzma shooting has has tanked a good amount here too. Um, since the All-Star break, Beal's averaging 23 points, four rebounds, six assists, three turnovers, 46% from the field, 29% from three. Kuzma's 25 and three with three turnovers, 42% from the field, 29% from three. Porzingis has been 24 and seven, uh, 52% from the field, 46% from three. He's been the most consistently solid of those three. If Beal and, and Kuzma are a little off, like this team really can't weather that storm particularly well. It seems like without one of these younger guys stepping up, and and they just don't get that consistently enough from from really either of them or any of them. Throw Gafford in there too. That's true. We don't have that guy. Mm. It's guys who can show up every now and then, but not on a consistent basis. We don't have that guy we can depend on on a consistent basis. Yeah. If I if I go down the line, I don't see that guy. Sometimes I get glimpses of somebody and, and get and and it gives me a little bit of hope, right? Yep. Right? That Kisper maybe can be the guy, yeah. uh, you know. Denny maybe can can be the guy, but it's nothing in a consistent basis to where I'm like, we gotta we gotta defer to him more. We gotta mm-hmm. open open up the court and go to him more, right? Yep. And we don't have that type of player there right now, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. We don't have it at at the five position, you know. It just is we we don't have it on the roster right now. It honestly, it looked like Goodwin for a little stretch of time there when both Morris and Delon Wright were banged up, and he was kind of getting it rolling, and then he totally fell out of the rotation with his two way contract stuff, and they added Kendrick Nunn, and he looked good for four or five games, and now he barely plays. But did Goodwin fall out of rotation because of? Because of he he wasn't getting anything done, or did it just automatic? To me, it just seemed like one day he was out of rotation after they signed the got the contract signed. Uh so 
initially he fell out of the rotation when when both when all three guys came back healthy and they traded for Kendrick Nunn. He played again a little bit for a while, and then they ran out of games he could play under his two-way contract and just couldn't play him at all for a week or two. And then it seems like he's never really made his way back into the rotation. So I'm with you. It wasn't because he was just bad. It just it. it to me, that's the guy I'd be playing more. I be to me, I play him more too. I don't know if it's. I don't know why he's not playing. Um, the muscles there, the energy's there, the defense you, is there. At least start right. with that. Right. Uh, you yeah. get a spark for him. You get. Yeah. A, I yeah. think you get more of a a continuous spark, a a spark you can trust. Mm-hmm. You know, all the time off off from him than you can. That's you know, guys. That's kind of you don't know what what you're getting that day. I've seen some people like call out Goodwin shooting as in been as good post all-star break. It's like, yeah, but if you play 12 minutes one night, not for three nights, then you play eight minutes and then you play nine minutes and then you don't play for two nights. Like it's, it's not unrealistic for him to just not be able to get into any kind of rhythm when he was playing a lot of minutes for weeks at a time. Yeah. He shot the ball a lot better. Like that's not abnormal. True. But safe is he's not shooting the ball. Now we have somebody who's, have a priority on defense. Who's, yeah, I agree. Right. So yeah. even without the shooting, he's still worth playing. Right. Right. Yeah. So you have more than you have more uh, options with him mm-hmm. yep. defensively, right? Because now we we're, we're not we don't look that great on defense sometimes, right? So yeah. hey, we not have somebody who you know we can say, hey, uh, Harden is going off. Mm-hmm. I need you to need to put JG on Harden, right? I don't, I don't know. Just try it. Like, what could it hurt at this point? They're not. I don't if, see. I think that's that's really that's really what you can really utilize them for. If anything else, yeah. shut down the main player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, at least and he, defend him, like contain him, stop him, slow him down a little bit. Right, or or make them take longer to get into their set. At least just because you pestered them, just just something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just switching. Years oh, okay. Well, actually, staying with that for one second, they definitely could have used him more in that Hawks game, I think, because their defense on Trey Young to close both those games was abysmal. And wow. like soft hedging on picks, like Trey Young is going to shoot it from 30 feet if you give him a reasonable look at it. I who you don't even need a scouting report for that. Like, you you got to know that if one of the two of you doesn't switch or you don't go over that screen, like he's going to pull it every time and he killed them late. I was wondering why don't I didn't I was thinking was it that they didn't want to you know really really trap on that like far out yeah because it was too far out to trap on it but he's right. too fast not to right he's too fast not to trap on the screen right you just got to contain contain him on that screen mm-hmm. right and then I don't, that's yeah that's a that's a long rotation back yeah but if you don't what do you have you have what's a Kowu. A Kongu, yeah. A Kongu and the Capella flying in the air. He's throwing <laughs> it up. Or, or, or Trey Young just shooting it from, from far out. Whatever they were doing, they did it for both games, and it didn't work to close either game. So I, I would have, at some point, made some kind Man. of adjustment. Yeah, that was tough. Yes. Uh, the, the other noteworthy part here, there was some commentary from the players themselves on the thing we talked about last episode, and that's their fourth quarter offense. So uh, Kyle Kuzma was asked after the Hawks game on the 8th, 
about them being too predictable in the fourth quarter. And he said, a lot of times we have the ball in the fourth and it's Brad's ball. It's his time in the fourth and it's his team. So we just live and die by it. And it's cool. Whatever happens, you just live with it. I think the media were a little stunned by him willingness to say that. So he was asked to clarify what he meant and said, that's literally how it is. We all know it. He's our closer. He's our best player. We put the ball in his hands. We trust him and we live and die by whatever happens. He's made clutch shots. He misses. He made some mistakes. I mean, we're all human. So one, I, I don't disagree with anything he said. I am a little surprised he said it. And I do think it sounded a little better the second time around when he tried to clarify that he wasn't really like throwing Brad under the bus, but also it seemed like you're throwing your coach under the bus at the very least that that's, that's their only go-to. What did you think here in those comments? Brad is Brad. Brad is the franchise guy, right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, they, they're paying Brad the big bucks. He got to get his. That's just, you know, that's, that's the that's the way and the routine of NBA basketball. But if I'm playing against the Wizards, tell my players, hey, we just have to win the second quarter and the third quarter. We contain Porzingis first quarter, and we completely try to shut down Brad fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> then it's game over. That's, <laughs> that's how that's how we play. It's predictable. It's every game. Groundhog Day. It's, it's predictable, right? And that's just how it's going. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not something you have to figure out. Now, if if we can open up Kuz and Brad and Porzingis fourth quarter, I think we'll be much more effective. We have would have one more games that we have. Also, if we can run Brad off some motion, you know, because right now it's just Brad just it's ISO every time, ISO one on five, right? And Brad, I, I, it's probably no better to me score than Brad out there in the league. I mean, I just, he's just crazy, he's efficient score. He can score from anywhere on the court. Shot, you mean great jump shot, sure. but. We got to find different ways for him to get it other than just ISO. Yep. And then if he don't have it, you have Kuz there. Kuz, Kuz had to figure out a way to get his 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 points, you know, but first three quarters. But he knows how to score. And at the end of the day, he knows how to get to the line. Right? Those two will open up Porzingis, right? So, yeah, he might be third option. You got to make him third option, but that's what we're looking for. Yeah, it's, you've opened it's, them up. It's a, it's a, the offense becomes completely stagnant fourth quarter. Yeah, Kuzma's not wrong here. Like, we all know he's not wrong. I, I guess, are you surprised he said it? Yes, I'm surprised he said it. But I'm not, I can't say it didn't need to be said. Yeah, yeah. And who's that addressed to? Is and he's he, not. I didn't see. I didn't see him throwing rocks. No, agreed. I, I don't right? think it was. Yeah. And if he did throw a rock, he he covered the rock up with a lot of cotton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wrapped it in cotton, right? Yep. Yep. But you know, we could we could see we could see between the lines, mm-hmm. and he he, it's true. 
he uh, he got asked about um, how he felt about playing next to Porzingis and Beal and how they've played 30 total games together. And he also said, I don't know necessarily if it's a big three or not. None of us were all-stars. We can fill up points, but are we defending enough? Are we helping make other people better or helping make others better? Uh, again, I don't disagree with him. I hate calling them a big three. It's the Wizards' big three. They're not. They're not Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. You know what I mean? Like it's. Um, I, again, still a little surprised he said it though. Like that's that reeks of frustration to me that you're saying those things. Maybe refreshingly honest um, doesn't really apply here. That's true and not true, though, because I mean, especially are we helping each other get better? Right, we making each other better. Yeah. First half, first quarter is what? What do you see? Brad and Brad and Porzingis. Porzingis, yeah, and they're working work. a two man yeah. game great together. They're helping each other, right? And it's mostly on Porzingis's benefit because he's scoring more. Yeah. So that no, so Brad is facilitating all type of it. Maybe more than one to one person, but he's still spreading the wealth. Sure. So I disagree with that. Now. Kuzma's a one-on-one player. He mm-hmm. one on five, right? So to me, I, that statement, if anything, you got to say, hold on, before I make that statement, I got to I gotta look at the way I play. Yeah. So he's, he's talked about they don't run plays for him. Um, no, they don't. And and I would have thought early in the year we would see more Beal and Kuzma pick and roll even, or even Kuzma, Porzingis pick and roll, just just something to give them a couple different looks. And they don't do that. So I, I wondered if he feels left out and that's what he was kind of pointing at. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't take this as a shot at Brad or Porzingis. I took it more about the way the three of them are utilized together. And I took that as more of a Wes Unselt slight, if anything. No, I do. I do too, right? I I, I can because because the only person who can handle that entire situation and can control that or right. change anything is is Wes, yep. right? So yeah, I think it. I, like I said, it's a little it's a little stone covered in cotton thrown at Wes to me. Um, what do you run for Kuzma? Yeah, something. The type of player Kuzma is, what do you run for? How does he play off the ball? You got to find a way to get him, when he has the ball, get him downhill. So if he's the pick and roll ball handler, something. But but he it is always iso ball only for him. I, I mean, I don't, that there's got to be some other way to utilize him as a cutter. Like he, he was much more efficient next to LeBron. I mean, and he was off ball a lot more there. Like, so it's not that he can't only play on ball it's just how do you get back to that does he want to go back to being that kind of player like i, I don't what, know what I, to me i, I wouldn't want to play iso ball all the yeah i time. agree right because i would rather run off a run off a screen catch and then go downhill right yeah, so even sure. even if it's iso ball make my iso a little bit easier to get yeah i agree right so i don't see that and i think Ever. that's what we need to do. okay kuzma you like to go downhill you know how to mm-hmm. You know how to change speeds. You know how to adjust if, if somebody there, you, you know, you can maneuver. Yep. So let's take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But if, but I also see that West say like, well, we really don't have to run anything for Kuzma. He knows how to get 20 no matter what. <laughs> right. But 
So we get him an easier 20. It would make everybody yeah, well, better, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, but if, if now we run a thing for Kuzma, what are we taking away? Yeah, also Wait. true. Right, what are we taking away from Brad? What are we taking away from Porzingis? They, 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 they do have a great two-man game that's pretty magical when, it, when, sure. when it's going good. Yeah, you don't want to do it at the expense of, of that. And then if I run too much for Kuzma, mm-hmm. do I make my franchise guy, you know, do I ruffle his feathers a little bit? It's a, it's a fine line, man. And, you know, every most, most programs have to deal with it. Sure. Yeah, you got to push the right buttons there and find the right balance. And I don't know, it just seems like we haven't found that right balance so far. So like to your earlier point, maybe 30 games isn't enough for them to have worked all that out yet. Maybe that's something we see more next year. Yeah, yeah. And then like you say, uh, I think it's just more Brad and Kuzma having to, to, that's a, to me, when that happens, it's a, hey, guys, let's, let's have a meeting. Yeah, and not really the, the team meeting. It's got to be a Brad and Kuzma meeting. Then okay, and, and now let's talk about this. Now let's let's bring KP in here, mm-hmm. right? How can we all be effective? How can we help each other out? You yeah, this, like this you, you are running a great two man game. I'm going ISO mostly, right? How can if I'm Kuzma say how can I help us out mm-hmm. without always having to go ISO and 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 be 105, which makes, you know, which is looks, which it looks kind of selfish yeah. sometimes. Right. But then again, fourth quarter, you need same thing. <laughs> yeah. Switches around. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely not pretty when it's not, when it's not it's working. Business. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. Next four games, they play the Pistons tonight. Like we said, no Kuzma. They play the Cavaliers on Friday. They play the Kings on Saturday. So a tough matchup on the second night of a back-to-back, an energetic, up-tempo, you know, up-tempo Kings team. And then they play a Magic team, one of the few teams below them in the Eastern Conference standings on Tuesday. Uh, any predictions, projections for this stretch of basketball here? I mean, this is gut I mean, check time. The, Detroit, this, this Detroit game would be easy. This one will, right? I think, and we play it at home. I don't think it'd be a struggle. It's not going to be, you know, a crazy blowout, but it's going to definitely going Solid to look much win. better than, yeah, it's definitely going to look much better than last game. And you said in um, Cleveland, that's going to be, uh, we, we're going to have to come mm-hmm. come ready for that game, right? I I feel we'll win it. I feel we can take that game, but I'm big. We, we're going to have to come play. We're de- definitely going to need Cooling back for that game. Agreed. Um, you said sack? Yeah. That's going to be a dog fight for us. I think so. If we're not ready. It's a track track meet, too. You know, like on the second night of a back-to-back, that's a tough team to play. Definitely a track meet. But that's that's a game you get up for. I I think so. I I feel like that's going to be a closer game than than any other game. Before the first two, I feel like that's going to be even a closer game. It's not going to be a blowout either way. Mm -hmm. The the Kings will let you score some points. So, I mean, we'll have our, our chances in that one. Yeah. And just the sack just young. They're young. And then what was the last one? Uh you said Orlando. sack. Then we have Orlando. That's yeah. that's that's not even a trap game. We that's just we sit our starters there. <laughs> no, but no, no, seriously, that's a game that we would definitely take. Yeah. So if 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 we do what we supposed to do, 
we could come out of here at least three games, winning three. Three keeps them in it. You go one and three or two and two even, like it, it makes their their playing chances even tougher. I mean, like now you're putting some pressure on yourself to not win these couple. So I, I think three and one is like the minimum they got to get out of there with. Right. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Like you said, we're, they're in 12th place right now. So need to make up some ground. They're also only one spot out of ninth place. So that that three and one stretch would, would be really big. Just shifting gears a little bit here to the uh, college game for a minute. Uh, any NCAA tournament predictions or projections that you want to want to throw out here? Well, let's see here what I have. So to me, South region, uh, I have an South. Oh, I think it's going to come down to Alabama and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah. Brandon Miller, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. But Arizona, those bigs of Arizona, the two, the front like it's going to be too much for Yeah. <laughs> I think that front court is going to be too much for Alabama. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah. Um, East, I have Purdue and Marquette. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But that's if, I feel like it's going to come down before that game is going to come down to Purdue and Memphis. And that's going to be a tough one. So, Purdue have to pull past Memphis, but they pull past Memphis. You know, it'd be uh, I'm gonna take Purdue out of the out of the East. I think you got a couple of teams there that all trap the ball, and you got young, exploitable freshman backcourt for Purdue. Like I think even Florida Atlantic wins the first game instead of Memphis. Like all, all those teams, even Marquette teams that trap you, impress you. Like that's a tough matchup yeah. for them. It is. It is. That's what I say. They will have to pull past Memphis, but I think they can do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's still a big boy that everybody else has to match up with, too. Exactly. Um, yeah, Midwest, and that's a very tough one, right? Um, I think it's going to come down to Houston and Penn State, and Houston pulls that one out. Okay. Yeah, Penn State looks looks good. I like I like that they're coaching this year. You know, mm-hmm. they're rallying. I think Penn State looks good. So uh-huh. it's coming down to Houston and Penn State, and just Houston just, you know, they look like – Look unstoppable right now. If, and then, if everybody's um, healthy on Houston, they're they're a buzzsaw. I just I, I wonder about Marcus Sasser's health a little bit. That's kind of the only. Yeah. One. True. True. Exactly. And then West, um, I think it's going to be Kansas going to play UConn. I think Georgia's going Gonzaga going to end up playing UCLA. Kansas is going to beat UConn. Gonzaga is going to beat US, UCLA, and then so it's going to come down to. Kansas and UCLA. I think Kansas would take would take UCLA. So then my final would be Arizona and Kansas. Mm, I like that. Right, right. Arizona and Kansas, and I I see Kansas taking it off. Which I know the predictions is usually you never see back to back in the NCAA tournament, right? So mm-hmm. that's just just predictions and just well, just analytics and stats show. But that's never really the case. But I'm going Kansas again. Hard to bet against Bill Self. I'm, I'm it with you. It is. It is. But then you have some sleeper teams that uh, you, you know we got to figure out. Like uh, you got to watch Creighton, Baylor, and VCU. I think VCU is going to surprise a lot of people. I I liked both VCU and St. Mary's a lot, and to have both of them play in the first round, I was like, shit. Those are two guys I would pick for upsets, no matter what. Right. Right. Uh yeah, so I think for anybody locally that we've, I know we have some um, 
uh, VCU fans that they listen to the show here and uh, they'll be well aware of this, but uh, they were without star guard Ace Baldwin for a lot of the year there uh, in, in conference play. So now that he's back, they look like a much better seed than where they're where they're at. So I think that's a good call for an upset. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, all right, partner, any uh, parting thoughts here before we get out of here? No, nothing today. Nothing today. Finally got some sunshine, so definitely enjoy that. It's uh, a little cold and a little windy here uh, in the D.C. area, so uh, hopefully, um, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of here tomorrow morning, so I don't, if it stays cold here, so be it. Uh, all right, everybody. This was Believe in Wizards. Revi- uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We were presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube